prayer before we begin the message. Come, Spirit of God, and direct our souls. Direct us. Through Yeshua, you have made available to us a level of newness of life that we hardly dream of. And most of us, I think most people, including myself, most of us uh, never really quite notice the magnitude of what is available to us. I pray that by your spirit today, you would awaken us and help us to notice the magnitude of that which you have given us and that which you want us to give to others. So we ask you, come Holy Spirit, come and um, have your way in our hearts and uh, surprise us with what we discover. We ask in the name of Yeshua. Amen. We ask in the name of Yeshua, praying in Yeshua's name, part of living in the new normal. Maybe I should call it in God's new normal. We've been studying the book of, the book of Luke and eventually the book of Acts in our Wednesday night Bible study. And one of the things that's apparent uh, that Luke is driving home in chapter after chapter and section after section is that with the coming of Yeshua there is a new normal now, I could talk for about two hours on this, but I won't, except, uh, except to say, for example, uh, in Luke chapter 6, there's a story about Yeshua healing a man with tara'at, which we often think of as leprosy, but actually it's any kind of loathsome skin disease, which made a person to be unclean. We talked about uncleanness today when we talked about the para'adama, the red heifer. Now, normally, a person with a loathsome skin disease that was apparent, even psoriasis or leprosy, certainly, they became a person who could not have access to holy space. They became socially marginalized in the extreme. And people did not want to go near to them because if you end up touching a person who has tzara'at or they touch you, you become unclean. Now, in this story... We have Yeshua, a leper comes to Yeshua and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean, which is usual, which is extraordinary. It's like someone with AIDS coming up to someone and saying, if you're willing, you can make me well. That's, that was, for the people of that day, the social death sentence. The social death sentence was having this condition. And this leper comes up to Yeshua and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then the astounding thing happens. Yeshua reaches out his hand and touches the leper. Now, normally, anyone who touches the leper becomes unclean. But this is the new normal. Yeshua touches the leper. Not only does Yeshua not become unclean, but the leper becomes instantly clean. This is extraordinary. But I want to stress something. We're living in a day when a lot of people who may be sincere and well-intentioned 
are still doing a tremendous amount of damage in the Messianic Jewish world because they're trashing rabbinic Judaism. They're saying the new normal is get rid of the religion of the rabbis. Wrong. Why do I say it's wrong? Because Yeshua says to this leper, okay, now go to the Kohen and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded. Yeshua is still operating through Jewish space and Jewish custom. So the new normal involves revolutionary power, revolutionary change, but it doesn't involve junking what went before. Do we understand each other? It's important that we understand. So out of this uh, New Covenant passage we had today, there were a couple of verses that talked about praying in Yeshua's name. And I want to talk about this because it's something I've never talked about here and something I've never heard talked about here, but it's something that gets thrown around a lot and people don't know what to do with it. So let's take a look. From today's readings, uh, one of the verses said, when that day comes, Yeshua is talking about, he hasn't explained it exactly at first, he's going away, he's coming back. He's, he's going to go He's going to go through the portal of death. He's going to go to the Father through resurrection and ascension. And when that day comes, when he again appears to them, you won't ask anything of me. Yes, indeed. I tell you that whatever you ask from the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Now, let's read this again. We get so used to saying these kinds of things, we don't really pay attention. This is truly extraordinary. When that day comes, you won't ask anything of me. Yes, indeed, I tell you that whatever you ask from the Father, he will give you. Whatever you ask from the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Another translation, on that day you won't ask me for anything. Truly, I say to you emphatically that whatever you ask the Father for in my name, he will give it to you. Now, these are not words we should throw around a lot because a person who's honest is going to say, give me a break. Give me a break. Whatever I ask God for, he's going to give me. Do you really mean that? Well, we've got to take a look at what we do mean because we don't want to want to throw words around in the name of Yeshua. So let's take a look. Next slide, please. It's a word of change or of transition Yeshua is the man of tradition. He says, in that day. He's saying, in that day, everything is going to change. Yeshua is the man of, tradi- of transition. He is the man who is, uh, 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 who is the man of the Spirit, born out of the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Spirit. He's the one on whom the Spirit descends, whose the Spirit is upon him without measure. He is the one who, in announcing his ministry in uh, Luke chapter 4 in Nazareth, he announces it, he says, The Spirit of Adonai is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he's the one in whom everything pivots. He's the man of transition. John the Baptist is the prophet of transition. He's the one who Yeshua says that among uh, men, there's never arisen anybody greater than than Yohanan HaMabil, than John the Baptist. Thank you very much. There's not risen anybody greater than he, but he who is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. He says John the Baptist is the pinnacle of, of humankind in terms of the workings of God. 
He is the ultimate prophet of the Old Testament period, of the pre-Yeshua time. But he says, nevertheless, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is the prophet of the transition. The current age we're meant to experience the presence of the future. The age to come has dawned with Yeshua's death, resurrection, ascension, and sending forth of the Spirit. So we're living in a time of transition. So that verse that we had where Yeshua says, when that day comes, it's going to be a time of transition. It's going to be different. When that day comes, you won't ask anything of me. Yes, indeed, I tell you that whatever you ask from the Father, he will give it to you in my name. So something is changing. Next, it's a word of challenge. We're being challenged to live in the new normal. Something Yeshua is challenging the disciples and saying, everything's about to change. It's changed for us too, but we don't realize it. I want to look at it a little more. Let's go on. It's a word of promotion. With knowledge, with authority, with empowerment comes an adjustment in our standing. He says, uh, he says to the disciples, he says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Because everything the Father has made known to me, I've made known to you. You've gone through a transition in, st- in standing. And I want to know if you, if I, have gone through a transition in standing. Are we poor, miserable sinners who God has deigned to allow to grovel under his table? This is what's called worm theology. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he, uh, something, his sacred name for such a worm as I, used to be Cowper's hymn, such now, most of your hymn books will say such a one as I. It used to say such a worm as I. This is worm theology. Are we just filthy, dirty, rotten sinners who God somehow manages to, to let grovel under the table and grab a few scraps? Or are we empowered and authorized servants of God and his beloved children? Have we made that transition? Through the coming of Yeshua, do we see ourselves now as empowered and authorized servants of God. Because if you don't see it, you're not going to live it. So there's also a word of promise. This is the crux of what we're going to look at tonight, today. A word of promise. He says, whatever you ask in my name. You can't get any more comprehensive than that. But what does it mean? We've got to be honest with ourselves. We can't go around saying things that that anybody who's got any sense will say to us, are you jiving me? You really believe that? We can't go around saying stuff that we can't back up. So what do we mean by this? Let's take a look at it. Is is this what it means to pray in Yeshua's name? Next one. Janice Joplin. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends will drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Well, whatever you ask in my name, how about a Mercedes? You know, uh, um, what's this? The Jewish comedian who's a rabbi, what's his name? 
will come back to me, says, the Beverly Hills is the only place in the world where a Jew apologizes for driving a Cadillac. <laughs> uh, uh, next, next slide. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Dialing for dollars is trying to find me. I wait for delivery each day until 3, so, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? One more. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? I'm counting on you, Lord. Please don't let me down. Prove that you love me and buy the next round. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? Is this what we mean? By whatever you ask in my name, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. No, it's not what it means. Go on. Next slide. Yeshua is authoring us, authorizing us to ask in his name to invoke his authority. To ask in his name is to say that we're operating his authority. I have my friend Linda back here. Linda works a very high-end job at the Air Force Base here in Los Angeles. And if I showed up at the gate, and I had not checked this out with you, Linda, but I showed up at the gate, and they said, yes, sir, may we help you? And I say, well, I'm here uh, 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 in the name of Linda Lee Baker, and uh, she is the director of protocol here, and I'd like you to let me in. I want to go see her. If Linda found out about that, would she be pleased? No. <laughs> Why would she not be pleased? Pardon me, Steve? She hasn't authorized me to operate in her name, to use her name. It's very, very important. Yeshua is authorizing us to ask in his name, to invoke his authority. In Nehemiah chapter 2, uh, I won't look at it right now because you don't have time, but if you look at it, um, when uh, after the temple is built, we've been looking at the rebuilding of the temple, later Nehemiah wants to go back from Persia to rebuild the walls of the city because the walls of the city need to be rebuilt. And he asked the king, the Persian king, if he would give him letters of authorization so that uh, Nehemiah can ask uh, the, the head of the king's forest and various people for various supplies, and the king gives him a letter which authorizes him to act in his name. Yeshua is authorizing us to act in his name, to invoke his authority. But then there's a word of caution. Next slide, please. It's not an authorization to use his name as a mantra, as a, as a uh, blank check to get what we want or whatever we believe we absolutely need. When he says, ask anything in my name and he'll be given to you, he's not giving us a blank check. He's not saying this is the magic word. It's an authorization to ask whatever we need to accomplish his will in the world. This is the crux of what I have to share with you that we can have confidence that if we're out there trying to do the will of God as best we understand it, when we pray to him that he will supply what we need in order to accomplish that, we can have confidence that he will supply our need. It's exactly like Nehemiah going to the king. The king authorizes him to go back to Jerusalem and build the walls. And that's when Nehemiah says, well, can I have a letter that makes it possible for me to do that, that authorizes me 
to get the things I need to accomplish your will, O king. And the king says, you got it. And that's what this is. Yeshua authorizes us to ask for anything we need to accomplish as his will in the world as best we understand it. So, a word of presupposition. Next slide, please. The apostles, and we after them, should be so totally and sacrificially committed to what matters to Yeshua that our desires will be utterly compatible with his desires as we bring honor to God. That's the goal. The more that our hearts, our wills, our aspirations, our desires, the more they reflect what God cares about. And in this case, what the Mashiach cares about, what he's committed to. The more we are committed to that, the more certain we will be, have a right to be, that acting, that asking in his name will supply the need that we're asking about. So this is in no way, this is not about you getting what you want. Believe me, there are things I pray about. I prayed about things in my life on the way down here in the car this morning, and I understand that. It's right for us to pray about these things. It's not wrong. But we should not falsely operate on the assumption that God needs to come through with us on the basis of this promise that whatever you ask in my name, I will give it. In Yeshua's name is not the magic words. It's not a mantra. It's an authorization from the king to accomplish his will in the world where the king says, and whatever you need, let me know, and I'll see that you get it. Okay? Almost done. I want to finish now with three musts. Three musts. For me, for you, for us. Number one, we must cultivate intimate familiarity with God's heart and his priorities. You do that by living in his word. You do that by cultivating a life of dialogue with God, of prayer, of, of just talking to God and trying to sense his voice speaking to you. Cultivate an intimate familiarity with the heart and the mind of God. Number two, cultivate a sacrificial commitment to the things that matter to him. It's not enough for us to know. Yeshua says, if you know these things, blessed shall you be, what? If you do them. So we need to be committed to these things. I'm not trying to browbeat us here. It's a good thing to be committed to the things that God cares about. It's the pathway to the richest life imaginable. As a matter of fact, it's a life that's so rich that we cannot imagine it. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or even imagine through the power at work in us. So we should cultivate intimate familiarity with his heart. We should cultivate a sacrificial commitment to the things that matter to him. What do I mean by sacrificial commitment? I mean... It's got to cost us something. If we really, you know, I've told you before about King David. King David does something stupid. He calls, uh, towards the end of his kingly career, he asks for a census to be taken of all of his people, which is a way in which he can say, boy, look at the size of my kingdom. 
But that's kind of forgetting that it's God who gave him the kingdom, and God is not pleased. And God says, I'm going to give you three choices, and, and they're all very dire choices. And eventually the choice is that there's a plague that, that begins to strike the people, and hundreds of thousands of people die. And before the uh, destroying angel gets to Jerusalem, God stops the plague. And uh, he tells David, I want you to offer a sacrifice here. So David uh, goes to this man, Arana, where he sees the angel on, on Arana's threshing floor, and he wants to offer the sacrifice there. And Arana says to him, Your Majesty, the animals are yours, the wood is yours, the stones are yours, everything is yours. He says, take, take it. And David says, no, no, no. He says, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. I absolutely love that phrase. I love David. David's one of my favorite people. He says, I'm not going to give God what costs me nothing. It's important that I demonstrate the quality of my relationship with God by the things that I give up in order to obey him. He's not just an add-on. There are things, there are opportunities, there are options, there are time, times, and there are things where we don't do them in order to pursue the things of God. So first we cultivate int int intimacy, secondly we cultivate a sacrificial commitment to the, the things that matter to God, and finally, uh, Yeshua says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and he guarantees you that you'll get what you're looking for, but the need, we need to cultivate a certain persistence. Uh, this is not pulling rabbits out of hats, this is not magic, this is relationship, this is covenant. This is co-laboring with God. So may God grant that you and me, that each of us, will be people who can pray in the name of the king because we're pursuing the will of the king, and therefore we can expect that he will supply what we need to accomplish his will. May such be his will for us and may it be evident in our lives, because we ask in Yeshua's name. Let's pray. There's so much that could be said, Lord. We could spend a long time in prayer now, a long time. You've touched our hearts. We think of Yeshua, who always said, I always do what the, the Father's will, and I only do what I see the Father doing. Yeshua, who said at the tomb of Lazarus, uh, Lord, I know that you always hear me. He knew that because his will and his heart was, was totally compatible with yours, Father. And because of that, that compatibility, that linkage, Yeshua would know he knew he could ask, and you would supply. So help us, Father, to be people who can truthfully pray in your name, in Yeshua's name, because as best we know, we're committed to the things that matter to, to you, and uh, uh, we're sacrificial. We're, we care about it, and we're sacrificially committed to it. Uh, help us as we stumble along, that we might stumble in your direction.
that we might know the excitement of co-laboring with you in the world which you created according to your will. Help us in Yeshua's name. Amen.